Hello there, internet person. How how are you? Are you comfortable? Can I get you a blanket? A snack? Would you like a snack? Um, how about a foot rub? How about some mittens? Some soft mittens. I would like you to be comfortable. Uh, your comfort is my concern. How's your back? You need a back rub? Huh? Foot rub, back rub. How about a head massage? I would like to... My my purpose on earth is to make you feel comfortable. It's not really. <laughs> discomfort. <laughs> Apparently, I'm really actually here to cause you discomfort. I, I didn't think about that. I don't do it intentionally, but the other day somebody wrote to me on Facebook... And it was after uh, she had inspired um, my podcast about ridicule, right? And I don't think she liked that she inspired that particular podcast. So within her note were many, many personal criticisms of for directed at me. <laughs> I wrote her one, uh, one note that said, hey, you're... Uh, your post with many laughing emoticons inspired a post that I'd been trying to make anyway about ridicule. Uh, don't take it personally. Anyway, I got a whole paragraph back about it is personal, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why you're doing this and you have so much more talent. But the one, one of the things that sticks out the most, she said, I've been watching you and I can't figure out why you like taking on topics that cause people discomfort. And I thought, huh, I cause people discomfort. Do I, is that what I do? You know, and I thought, I don't, I don't really set out to cause anyone discomfort, at least not maybe in the front of my brain. Maybe it's in a, a background kind of like motivation. Um, I'm a contrarian by nature, so I'm always thinking, no matter what somebody's presenting, I'm looking at the other side because I can't figure out a better way to understand something than by contrasting it with the opposite opinion. You know, that's how, well, you say this, somebody who disagrees with you would say that. Um, let's let's you know, weigh the different options and uh, figure out what's uh, what seems to be what seems to be the most solid, you know. Or maybe we'll just come to a, a, an, a, a an unresolvable dichotomy, which is fun. That's also fun, but you can't even really realize that there's a dichotomy there unless you're comparing both sides, right? So my nature, I guess that's what you call the Socratic method too, you know, arguing, debating, you know. Weighing this against that, you know, it's philosophically speaking. I guess you would want to do that in science, too. You'd want to develop a hypothesis, a, a theory about something, and then you would uh, test it as best you can, but you, I think it might be fun to go to extreme and go, well, maybe I'm totally barking up the wrong tree. Let's try the opposite effect. Let's see what's um, drastically different, you know, and see if that creates 
a similar reason. If it does, then we might have been far off base. We might just be uh, uh, totally embroiled in confirmation bias, which is a thing, you know. It's a very easy thing. Why? Because confirmation bias is spawned, I think, from our desire to be, drumroll please, comfortable. Comfort. So when somebody tells me that I'm directly engaged in making people uncomfortable, I think, well, that's weird because that might be an effect of a different motive. My different motive is thinking. And for me, thinking is my form of comfort. In fact, I do, that's what I do most of the time. This podcast is very easy for me so far because it's really just thinking out loud and recording it while normally I would just be sitting around doing it maybe silently, you know. Um, so it's a comfortable thing for me to be a contrarian. It's interesting, it's fun. It's relaxing to me to compare the yin and the yang, you know. I find it relaxing. So it is kind of surprising for me that just me engaging in that which creates comfort for me makes others uncomfortable. It causes them discomfort. And the funny thing is, is I love comfort. <laughs> I really love comfort. I wear clothing that makes me comfortable. Um, I like to be comfortable in bed. I don't like to stand if I can sit. And I don't like to sit if I can lay down. What kind of idiot would stand if they could sit down? And what kind of dipshit would sit when he could lay back and put his feet up. Comfort. I love it. I like my fridge to be closed so I don't have to... I can grab a cold drink when I'm driving. I have a fridge in the front seat of my car. You know? Comfort. I love the comfort. I like the comfort of having a beard instead of shaving. Because shaving is uncomfortable doing it then you get an itchy face and then growing in it it grows itchier and then you got a whole few months of just ridiculous itches you know but then once you grow it long guess what suddenly you're comfortable again i live in san francisco with cool weather because the heat makes me uncomfortable and i have an air conditioner for when it gets uncomfortable Hmm. Yet, to this one particular person, it seems to her that my motivation is to cause discomfort, as if it's a fetish of mine or something. She didn't use that word, but I'm using it. Um, it would seem that she thinks that I intentionally engage in making people uncomfortable. And I don't dislike that type of discomfort that she said, like I said, that, ironically, hard topics, tough questions are enjoyable for me. Um, that might, maybe, maybe somebody that's really good at 
difficult math problems would relate with that. I'm not good at difficult math problems, and I'm, and I'm not driven to solve them. I don't have much interest in math, you know, or, or certain types of puzzles. But for some reason, philosophical puzzles um, do make me comfortable. The challenges make me comfortable. Even the... Um, okay, so maybe I'm not describing this the right way because I do feel the um, the energy of a tough question. You know, the... Um, not I wouldn't call it anxiety, but there's a certain level of um, uh, adrenaline maybe that's associated with a tough question that I enjoy, you know. Is it possible to enjoy stress? I, I think it is. I mean, I think an analogy here, which is completely out of my comfort zone, air quotes, is people who go to the gym. Some people really enjoy what I consider to be an uncomfortable feeling, which is hardly being able to breathe when you're running. <laughs> I run a block and I feel like my lungs are on fire, you know. But other people, they like to lift weights. They like that feeling of discomfort in their muscles that the slight damage that it does to your muscles, you know that that's how muscles grow, right? You you basically damage them, and then they recuperate, and that's how they grow, you know? I don't know if you'd call it scar tissue, but it's akin to that. So I don't think I'm alone in the idea that there are certain uncomfortable, traditionally uncomfortable things that um, I enjoy and cause me psychological comfort, you know, thinking uh, deeply about things and really dissecting things is something that causes me comfort. But let's think about comfort, you know, what the fuck is comfort? Is comfort great? Or is it even possible? Let's just, let's read the definition. Not that we need to. This is an easy word. You've been using it your whole life. But just for fun. Comfort. Um, a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. Okay. Number two. The easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. So let's see discomfort would I be making am I trying to make anybody have physical pain no am I causing them pain no am I trying to constrain them with my libertarian ideas am I trying to constrain their mind or I'm trying to liberate their mind hmm I don't think I'm trying to constrain them the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress huh so when I'm telling people not to worry about global warming, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, St hey dipshit, stop worrying about things. Am I, you know, <laughs> am I causing them discomfort? It sounds to me like I am comforting people. I'm offering comfort. Hey, that person's a monster. Settle down. They probably aren't a monster. I'm surrounded by Nazis. Hold on. They're probably just regular people. 
Is that making people feel discomfort? You know, when I defend a despicable human being like Louis C.K. or Harvey Weinstein, you know, am I causing people discomfort? Or am I saying, hey, relax, you've got problems too. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they don't want to even admit that they have problems. But see, for me, knowing that you have problems and embracing the fact that you have problems is not a feeling of discomfort. It's a feeling of um, contentment, of, of becoming good with oneself. You know, to go, hey, I'm not perfect. What do you know? I've got problems. There's a certain acceptance that alleviates the grief and distress when you go, hey, other people are imperfect too. And while you're attacking that person, hey, 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 hold on. You're imperfect as well. Wait, you made me feel discomfort. (laughs) No, I didn't. That wasn't me. That was you. I'm just defending somebody. I'm trying to help them feel less um, discomfort. I'm comforting somebody who you don't want me to comfort. I'm offering comfort to those who you wish were burning in hell. So am I causing discomfort? I don't know. I don't know, but let's think about comfort. Let's think about your favorite comfortable thing. Let's let's talk about your bed, okay? Your bed. You got a big down comforter on there. It's actually called a comforter on there. You've got a comfortable, comfortable pillow. You know, you got that comfort controls on your wall set to the temperature that you find to be the most comfortable. You put on some comfortable music and you eat some comfort food. (laughs) Okay, we're getting you into a really comfortable zone here. Well, that's a funny thing. So you get into this comfortable zone, you go, ah, I don't ever want to leave this spot. I could stay here forever. But it turns out that after about 12 hours of your slothful comfort, You start getting a weird ache in your back, you know? So you turn over, you try to find a more comfortable position. Ah! Oh, what do I got to do? Still stretch, you know? But you don't want to get out of bed because, man, 12 hours ago that was so comfortable. Why can't that just last? Why can't it last? Why is your body betraying you? Ah, shit, what's that, a bed sore? Ah, god damn it. Oh, and you're getting a waft of your armpit? Huh. I was so comfortable. Now I'm starting to smell like an onion. My back hurts. This isn't comfortable anymore. Yeah. Doesn't seem like comfort is a permanent state, is it? It seems like you kind of you've kind of got to go through other kinds of discomfort to get into a new comfortable position 
Again, I'm bothering you with this yin-yang shit. That one doesn't exist without the other. You know? It just doesn't. There would not be the word comfort without the opposite. When you invoke the idea, you automatically invoke its opposite. Because the opposite is like, oh, well, it's not that. It's not pain. In the definition of comfort, there are other words that are the opposite of comfort. So there's a dichotomy there. There's duality. There's opposition. There's opposition in all things. It's impossible not to have opposition in all things. That's the way energy works, the positive and negative. At any at any level, macro or micro, you're going to find opposition. That doesn't bother me. I find it comfortable. <laughs> it gives me comfort. It's because it's um it's consistent, it's reliable. You know? I find that some people want to deny the constant shifting and changing nature of everything. I see it as balance. I see it as nature and just everything creating balance. So even in my contrarianism, which I find comfortable, I believe that I'm looking, I believe that what drives me towards it, I believe I'm being driven to find balance and hence comfort. Beauty, beauty, beauty. What is beauty? I'll do a different podcast on that, but it's balance. Those, the things that we consider to be beautiful are things that are balanced. They're not out of balance. When we see something out of balance, like a barn leaning, it, it becomes a curiosity, but we, we, we're very skeptical of it. It's not beautiful. It's like, ah, this thing's making me nervous. It's going to fall over. You know, dead limb hanging off a tree. Somebody limping as they walk down the street. A wobbly tire. You know, anyway, I'm getting off track. Now I'm getting into beauty and balance. But it's related. Beautiful things make you comfortable. Off balance things make you uncomfortable. That's what makes me uncomfortable. That's why I'm uncomfortable in San Francisco. Because it's not very balanced. There isn't a desire here, as far as I can tell. And I'm speaking generally. That's, you know that I'm speaking general because I'm speaking generally. You want to know how you can tell I'm speaking generally, intentionally? Because I'm talking about a city and not a person. <laughs> Don't generalize. Okay, I won't talk about cities. won't talk about humans. I only talk about individual cells and molecules. That's it. Only molecules. I'll name them all. That molecule's named Dave. I'm talking about Dave, the molecule. 
But that's my problem with San Francisco is that I don't find there to be any balance. There's not enough um, studying the other side. There's not enough contrarianism here. There's not enough Socratic method. There's not enough discomfort as opposed to comfort. There is a denial of the discomfort. You know, it's not that it's not going to be there. That's that's. You know, that little example of being surrounded by all your comfortable things in your little bed. Discomfort's going to find you, okay? You don't need to seek it out, you know. Maybe that's the criticism. Maybe it seems like she thinks I'm seeking out discomfort, you know. But I don't think I am because I think immediately comfort creates... Um, my, I guess my, my zone, my comfort zone is... Maybe uh, it's either way smaller than most people's or way bigger. I can't, let's figure that out, you know. But um, as, as soon as I'm presented with an idea and I go to the opposite, I'm always just automatically going to the opposite. In other words, that those bed sores, philosophically speaking, the bed sores creep in pretty quickly. It doesn't take a month of laying in bed, philosophically speaking, to create bed sores for me. I'm I'm immediately uh, uncomfortable. Well, I know this. I mean, I've made three question marks my moniker, and there's a reason for it, and that is that I'm very, 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 very. How many varies? Let me put. Let's go. Let's go with ten varies. I'm that many varies uncomfortable with certainty. I don't think there are many philosophical ideas that make me more uncomfortable than certainty. And that's not only just on paper, that's like in life too. When I meet people who are certain, their their physical comportment makes me uncomfortable. That bold that 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 type of confidence that doesn't seem to be rooted in um, much. Well, it seems to be rooted in ignorance. For me, certainty and ignorance are more closely related. You know, and I don't, I don't know why I have this attitude and why it seems to be the opposite of most attitudes. I think. Most people have the attitude that certainty means if somebody, that confidence and that certainty, that they like that. It makes them feel comfortable. I guess because they want an illusion that nature has resolved itself and opposition has disappeared. You know? Dis please disregard the opposition. Everything's fine. Your comfort is secured for now and forever, ever after. Let me fan you with a cool breeze and massage your butthole. By the way, that would make me very uncomfortable. I'm not very comfortable with people touching me or hugging me. <laughs> so, I got lots of problems. And I'm comfortable with that.
Anyway, have we learned anything about comfort here? This is what I think we learned. This is what I think I learned. I think I learned once again, and maybe this is just a long series of tapes where you can count them and you can see. Watch how many times Merkley convinces himself that contrarianism and the Socratic method are a good way to live. And he records the tapes because he's trying to convince other people to be like him. So what I learned is that, again, yeah, comfort and discomfort. Buddies, partners, high five to those guys. You know, they're twins. Oh, geez, crap. And I'm a Gemini. You little astrologers out there can go nuts with this contrarianism and dualism and um, Socratic bullshit. You're going to all blame it on being a Gemini. I know you are. It's my astrological sign. I was born in June. So I'm destined to be a twin. An ugly twin. I wrote a poem about that. It's called My Ugly Twin. I'll save it for another day. As for now... I think I'm going to grab myself a nice cold beverage and get comfortable thinking of another difficult topic to share with you guys. But before I do that, I just want to leave you with a little summary. These are a couple of things you've heard before. You've probably heard the expression, no pain, no gain, right? You've heard that one before, haven't you? Have you heard the expression growing pains? Go back to that muscle analogy. If you don't damage your muscle a little bit, it won't grow. It's literally a true thing. No pain, no gain. So, if something makes you uncomfortable or causes you discomfort... Look at it as an opportunity to expand and grow and think new things. So, get out of that comfort zone. Go headlong, charging into the discomfort zone. Not really. You don't have to find discomfort. Discomfort is going to find you anyway. Especially if you keep listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening.